The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gillen. Hey friends, and welcome back to our program, Afternoons with Mike, heard daily right here on the Shepherd Radio Network. With me today, somebody for the very first time, so excited to have Jeannie Smith, Jeannie Scott Smith, as she is known as an author. She has written several books. Her story is quite amazing. And our good friend David Welday is the one that uh, let us know about Jeannie as uh, she has written some books under their banner. And it is so great to have Jeannie Smith from Myrtle Beach here with us today. Thank you so much for being with me. Thank you. I'm so blessed to be with you. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, Jeannie. I know you're from Myrtle Beach, but that's not your home area. You moved there later on. I heard that much of the story already. So tell us a little bit about your growing up years. Did you grow up in a church family? I did. I grew up in Jacksonville, North Carolina, which is a a Marine base, Camp Lejeune. And um, I I was raised in church. I was raised in a a small little Pentecostal church. And uh, yes, was taken to church every week. And as I got older, I um, started to branch out a little bit and, you know, kind of got taken down some wrong pathways, I guess you could say. And really on that journey is when I truly discovered who Jesus was, that it wasn't about a religion. It was about an intimate relationship Mm -hmm. with Jesus Christ. That is so important lesson to learn right there. Uh, Jeannie is the founder of Coastline Women's Center. And she also leads an evangelistic ministry. And I know that the fact that you lead this center for women, it's a crisis pregnancy. I know that your own background, even though you were raised in church, that does not mean that one will necessarily live up to the practices or what's preached. I wish all of us did, but that wasn't your story, right? That was not our story, no. So tell us what happened. Well, I, I think as I, you know, walked away from the church, um, probably at an early age when I would, you know, was able to start driving, I just got scooped up by the world. And um, I, I didn't, my family, I grew up in a family that had been broken. So my mom and dad divorced when I was only about 11 years old. Mm. And so I didn't have a father in the home. And, you know, I, I needed that security blanket of a father and one that would exemplify the Heavenly Father. And I didn't have that, and my mom was a single mom, so she worked all the time. And so I was hungry. I didn't know at the time, but I was hungry for that male companionship. And so that led to me being in relationships that I didn't need to be in, and of course, having sex outside of marriage, which led to um, an unplanned pregnancy. And so we know that sin compiles upon sin, and we get into this cycle that, you know, it, it, it's it's hard to break once you get there. And it's why we see so many repeat abortions today. However, for me personally, I honestly did not know what an abortion was. When I, when I got pregnant, found myself pregnant, I had a friend that said, why don't you just have an abortion? And I didn't even know what it was. And oh, so wow. she uh, said, here's the number, call this clinic. And so I called this clinic and um, they just asked me how far along I was. And I told them that I thought I was about eight weeks and, and they said, Oh, perfect. You're right where you need to be. And, and so it was like the only 
positive voice I was getting in this situation that I found myself in was from a friend and an abortion clinic. And unfortunately, at the time, my mom was very silent. I didn't, you know, she, now I know today that she was scared herself, you know, because she was barely able to take care of two children that she already had. And so she wasn't, you know, equipped. She didn't feel like she was equipped. She was scared of, of raising another child and didn't know what the best thing to do um, during that season was. And so she just didn't say anything, which led me to believe she was okay uh, with me having the abortion when I told her. And so I went through with that and it was very traumatic. Uh, for me, it was. And um, I left there knowing that I had made the worst decision of my life, but it was already done and there was nothing I could do about it. And I remember going home and just sitting in the floor and rocking back and forth. And I was comforting myself. That that rock is something that um, I've always done as a child. I still do today as an adult, actually. But it means something different for me. But the rocking back and forth then was to comfort me. Um, I knew that I had made a mistake. And I was in the floor in a puddle of tears crying, going, why didn't anyone ever tell me I would feel this way? No one ever tells you what you're going to feel right. like yeah. on the other side of that abortion. And so I felt horror and I was wrecked. And I, I knew at a young age, at 18 years old, that I had to get up off that floor or I was going to die there. And I just had to do whatever I had to do. So in my mind, and this is what we do, in, in my mind, I began to justify all the reasons why I had to have that abortion. It became like a survival mechanism for me. And I immediately went into denial. And it's amazing what our mind will do to protect us. Like we, as, as, as I got up off that floor and days went by and weeks and months and years went by, I had actually tricked myself to believe that this never even happened to me. But <laughs> it begins to resurface. It does resurface. And when it resurfaced, it became very ugly and, and reckless in my life. And uh, I, I went through years of, of depression and uh, suicidal thoughts. Um, and it just was traumatic for me. And, and it was God stepping in. It would, it would only be God, the word of God that could release me, set me free and heal me from, from this experience. And that's what he did. You know, when I hear your story, I'm reminded of the fact that so many in our culture have either been tempted uh, to have an abortion or they had one or there are, and there are so many men who were part of that process too. And that's not always talked about the, uh, the male side of a decision. And I, I know that wasn't really part of uh, what you, you encountered or part of your story uh, per se, but that still is nonetheless a factor here in our country today. Uh, no, you mentioned this. No one tells you about these feelings that you have. It wasn't, it wasn't even just the physical pain or the physical change in you after the abortion that let you know that. It was in your heart, right? Is, is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Abortion destructs at every level, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And it's, 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 and it happens almost instantly all at the same time. And it begins to unravel in your being. And, you know, you're not really sure what to do with all that. Women don't know what to do with all that emotion when all of those things come, especially, you know, today, if you're a believer, if you like, I, I, I believed in God, but I didn't understand what I was doing. I didn't understand fetal development back then. And still today, so many, when they come into our doors, there's so much that they still don't understand mm -hmm. and they have to be given truth. 
And from, from, from the men's perspective, I do want to share this. The father of my baby, he did not want me to have an abortion. And I was in such a place of fear and confusion. And I had already heard the voice of the friend and the abortion clinic. And I didn't think my mom was supportive of me having this baby because she was silent. And so when he spoke into me and he said, he gave me the resources to get it done, but he didn't want to. He told me, I don't think this is what we need to do with our baby. And so I just want to take a moment to speak to the heart of the fathers because they have a major loss too. And it isn't just about the mom and the baby. It's about the father too. And this is very damaging to men. This affects the role of man. You know, men were created by God to be protectors. And so by nature, it, even if they don't voice it, their role is to protect that woman and that child. And so it, it's like the enemy just kills, steals, and robs and destroys. You know, the whole, the mother figure, the father figure, and of course the child, he wants to destroy the children in the womb. And so this, this destruction is happening in all, you know, three levels. And the man hurts from it too. And, you know, we see men come in, they don't want to, they don't want to see the mother have the abortion and some of them aren't edging at all. They, they want to, you know, they're pressuring them. So you, it comes from different, all different areas, but no matter what their decision-making um, preference is at the time, it is affecting the men too, which is ultimately affecting our culture because men handle abortion different than women do. Women are emotional beings, but men handle it different. And so with men, there's a lot of destruction. Anger is one of the number one you know, things that I see that happens with men and addiction. And then that begins to overflow into their, you know, marriages, into their home, into their children. And so a legacy, legacy is being birthed there, sure. but it's one, it's not healthy. And the root of it comes from abortion. You, you've mentioned so many things that I think resonate so uh, with so many people. I mean, thinking about the decision you made, you, you, first of all, you said that it was the worst decision. You knew it right away. The worst decision that you've ever made in your life, and yet it's too late now. You're right. Once you make a decision like that, it is not. Uh, it's not possible to go back and undo it. And that that is exactly what happened to you. And then the other aspect that I I want to touch on right now and speak to is the fact that it wasn't an overnight healing for you. It wasn't an overnight walking out of that uh, doom and despair. Uh, it was a process, and you said you spent a long time, even years, in that process. And so I know that some of our people that are listening to this broadcast right now, whether it's on a podcast or whether it's on the air, they may be in that season. Can you speak to the the hope that you found while you were in the middle of that season? Oh, it was a long season, about 17 years, and... Um... You know, I, I never fully knew that all the pain and the suffering that I was dealing with in my life was coming from that abortion. And so, you know, you, you, you have all these things rising up in your heart, rising up in your life. And you're like, gosh, why am I having, and you know, why am I dealing with this? Why am I dealing with this? And what God showed me is that the root of it was that abortion. And so in that long season of drought and that pain and that suffering, I mean, I, I 
I could not even put one foot in front of the other. But see, God knows, and he knows that our need is him. He knows that we have a need for a new heart and a new spirit, but we have to be willing. We have to align and partner with him and be willing to approach him and give him that pain because he has something that he wants to give us in exchange. Beautiful restoration. And so what I would say to a woman that's in this season of, I've never spoke to anyone about my abortion. You know, this is a secret that I hold very dear to my heart. And I walk around in this season of pain, but there's these things that happen. These are the triggers, whether you hear something or you see something, or maybe you're even here in this broadcast today. And you're like, I'm that woman. I want to tell you that Jesus loves you and he wants to heal and restore you. It's a great gift that he has for you. And I want to say that you just need to take a step of courage and tell someone because when we begin to speak it out the power the bondage that we're in from it begins to break and the enemy doesn't want us to come out of that bondage he wants us to stay there but when we speak it out for even the first time we begin to have healing and restoration and there are so many resources around you that we may uh, have the opportunity to share today but to tell someone so that you can get the healing and restoration you need now one thing that happened to me during that season mike is i was told by some people that had influence in my life oh you don't need to go back there Jeannie. you don't need to deal with that that's in the past you just need to move on that was not good advice and here's why I did need to go back. I had to go back and let God deal with that pain because it was never something that I could deal with myself. It was only the hand of God that could deal with that. That's right. And there was com confession. There was things that needed to come out of my heart. And so, and, and a lot of times today when I minister to women, I, you know, they'll come back to me and say, you know, I've decided not to do this because it's in the past and I just need to move on. And it breaks my heart when I hear that because they absolutely need to go back. God doesn't want us to go back to, you know, lay around and just roll in the muck and mire. No, he's taken us back to deliver us. Um, and, you know, it's just, we have an example of that in the Bible. Hagar, you know, God came to her, God, Elroy, the God who sees, that's what she called him. And he says, Hagar, what are you doing? Where are you running? You need to go back. He had her go back. And so there are times in our life that the Lord takes us back, but it's to heal us. It's to restore us. It's to bring us into the promises of God. It's not, it's not to harm us. Who was that one that you ultimately went to that was the start of uh, bringing the light in at the end of the tunnel here? Who was that person for you? For me, it was a pregnancy crisis center. I went to church one Sunday morning and I was in that season of just pain and suffering. And I walked through the doors and there was a bulletin placed in my hand that said a local pregnancy crisis center needed volunteers. And I didn't even know what a pregnancy crisis center was, but I was so drawn to that bulletin and I stuck it in my Bible, went home later that day, pulled it back out, and I was like, what is it about this? And my husband uh, said, why don't you call them and see if they can help you with your pain? And at that point, I had been trying to have a child of my own and had been diagnosed with unknown infertility. And so that had caused my abortion experience to surface in such a terrible, terrible way, because every month that my a pregnancy test was negative after trying to have a child you know I, the enemy would speak to me he was torturing me in my mind you had a baby look what you did with it you think he's going to give you another one it was it was horrible and oh, so yeah. i felt cursed i felt cursed that i would never be able to be a mother and so this this bulletin that was placed in my hand was a lifeboat for me because I was at the end, I would say. And I went into church, got this bulletin, called the center, went and sat down with this 
stranger, never met this woman before in my life. And she said to me, have you ever had an abortion? Because if you want to serve here and you've had an abortion, we want to make sure that you've been healed and restored from that first. And so I said yes to going through this healing Bible study that she was offering because I really wanted to volunteer. And I questioned that for a little bit, you know, do I really need this Bible study? Because at that point I was a Christian. I had received Jesus as savior and I knew that he had forgiven me, but she asked me, have you ever healed from it? And that puzzled me. And I, and I just want to speak into that right now, that there is a difference yes, there between is. being forgiven and being healed. And yes, Jesus forgives us instantly when we call upon him and repent. But there was a healing process that needed to take place that I had never been taken through. And so I said yes to the healing process and it miraculously changed my life. I had a woman at the well experience with Jesus mm. that changed me and I was never the same. That's incredible. And that's what led to writing Shattered in the Beautiful. You know, this beautiful story, uh, and there's so much to get into that I, my mind wants to race ahead and find out how it is that you ended up becoming uh, a wife. Uh, to your your husband, and I know that you are a mom. We're going to hear all of that coming up in just a moment. But but taking the time to go back and and thanking God for what you did and how the Holy Spirit, how God gives just that kind of a sense of a drawing of all things to a bulletin article that you saw that God began to speak to your heart and that was going to be small things like that can open up to be the biggest healings in our life. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I actually called that pastor, you know, after probably about a two year time frame, and just said, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you so much. And this is where I really love to speak into the heart of pastors, how important it is to speak about this from the pulpit in our churches to speak to the flock, how important it was for him to even put that in that bulletin that ultimately saved my life and led to healing and not just my healing, but hundreds of women that's been healed, hundreds, countless of babies that's been saved all because he put something in his bulletin that was placed into my hand. That's beautiful. My guest today, Jeannie Scott Smith, And she is the CEO and founder of Coastline Women's Center and author of a number of books, and one of them is called The Gift. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Don't go away. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. 
Author Jeannie Smith is with me today. I know that you use your middle name, right, in uh, your books. So if they're looking you up on Amazon, it would be Jeannie Scott Smith, right? That's correct. And the books that you've written are are really uh, just personal, deep, touching books that kind of outline not only the hope that you found in Christ, but also the healing that, that he gave you. And that is such an important thing in this day because there are so many people, I mean, this abortion thing, uh, imagine, Jeannie, uh, the, the amount of people, and I know you do and you can, the amount of people that their lives were resurfaced, their background, their past was resurfaced last year when Roe v. Wade was overturned. And I'm sure that there were people who had suppressed those thoughts those feelings to the best that they could. And then some big earth shattering news comes out about that. I know that there were a lot of people that were freshly uh, then convicted about things that were not yet healed in their own lives. Wouldn't you believe that to be so? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, this is such a, an amazing story of God's deliverance for you and it, it caused you, it changed you, but you began to be a volunteer in this place. How did you go from being a volunteer to one day opening up your own clinic? Well, I began to serve and, and volunteer and lead women through the post-supportive Bible study that I had gone through. And uh, things were going very well. I, we, we loved the area we lived in. We built a home and was serving in our church. And my husband also was volunteering um, in the pregnancy center because he, you know, he had prayed that God would send some help for his wife and God did. He sent it through that pregnancy center. And so he watched me just transform and change right before his eyes. And so because of that, even though he had never had an abortion, he married a woman that did. Mm -hmm. He adopted this. He became committed to serving as well. So he became a volunteer. And so God began to move us together in this call. Um, and so as I was serving at the pregnancy center, uh, the Lord just spoke to my heart one day in my quiet time. I was sitting in my sitting area and I was uh, coming out of my quiet time with the Lord and I began to journal. And it was like the Holy Spirit just took over my pen. And I wrote down in my journal, the Lord is sending me to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, to start a pregnancy crisis center. And as soon as it happened and my hand wrote the words, I dropped the pen and I pushed back in my chair. And I, it was like I could hear him so much, almost like audibly. And I said, oh, my goodness, no, I'm not going to Myrtle Beach. And I slammed my journal shut. And I, and I, and I actually pondered on it for a few days before I ever even spoke to my husband because I couldn't believe what I had just heard. And so it kind of came out of nowhere, but I can tell you it was a response. I had the Lord, after the Lord healed my heart, I got down on the floor and I was sobbing and crying to him and with a grateful heart thanking him. And I said, Lord, for what you've done for me, I give back my heart. I give back my life and I will serve you and do whatever you call me to do. And when I allowed myself to become a willing vessel to be used of the Lord, he took full advantage of that. Mm -hmm. And so this word that he spoke to me that day was now his marching orders of where he was getting ready to send us from that response that happened in the floor and that acceptance. And so uh, I, I held it you know, my heart for a few days. And what I didn't know is that the Lord was working in my husband's heart as, as well. 
and he told my husband, you're going to sell the house. And then my husband came to me and he shared with me what the Lord had spoke to him. And then I shared with him what the Lord had spoke to me. And so God brought us together in unity now. It happened separately, but then he brought us into unity on this mission. And so we laid down our careers and we both were in the medical field and we uh, just sold our home. God directed every step of the way we would hear him we would pray he would give an order we would follow it was a love relationship obedience just following what he told us to do and he would give timelines for everything and uh so he moved us here in the spring of 2011 and um we opened up the doors in 2013 and so oh, the wow. founding began in the upstate and it began um there as far as the paperwork and the vision god gave all the vision there in, in the upstate and then we uh, came down here and just prayed over the ground many times to get confirmation, make sure we were hearing clearly from the Lord. And then we took that move. We made that move and we knew no one here, no one in this area. And it took me about eight months on the ground, just talking to people, sharing my heart and vision and my story. And then God began to move and we opened up a, um, a building, a facility in 2013 and started serving. So clients. this the idea of Myrtle Beach, I mean, your sounds like you were already from South Carolina in that area, but the idea of rand, uh, was it a random idea? It, did it just pop in your head as you're writing in that journal? Oh, it was, it was, it was the Holy Spirit just spoke it and it just, it, it was written in 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 the journal i still have that journal and it's earmarked today i mean i had it came you know it was it was so holy spirit i, I didn't it came from out of nowhere you know and i had never never had a thought about going to the you know to myrtle beach and we loved it in the upstate we would have never thought that we would have even left there had no plans or intentions mm -hmm. to leave but when the lord spoke we had to obey and uh so you know it was blind faith we we just didn't you know my husband was doing amazing in his job and loved what he did. And, and so, you know, everyone kind of looked at us like we were crazy. What are you doing? You know, you, and uh, we just packed everything up in a U-Haul and we came down here. And of course we had obstacle after obstacle. We um, lived, had to live out of our U-Haul and in a motel for about two weeks because crazy things started happening. You know, it, the enemy came against us in every kind of way, shape or form, but we just continued to persevere and persevere. And that is, you know, today we still, because of how God, equipped us and was faithful to us through all of those things. Now, when we face those battles still today, we just know, hey, we just got to press forward. We just have to keep persevering because God is faithful and he's going to show up and he's going to meet the need and help us overcome. Now, you mentioned your husband's involvement with the pregnancy center before you moved. Uh, what kind of involvement was that? How did he volunteer? Was it a counselor? He did. He worked with men and he um, he loved the post-abortive side for the men, even though he had not had an abortion. But he began to minister and counsel men that, you know, um, had walked his similar path of marrying a woman that had an abortion in her past. And um, so it, it's God just really gave him a heart for the unborn. And, you know, he, my husband is a veteran, so he was, it, God is so, um, he, he's just so creative. And he called my husband to, to be in the military. So he was in the army protecting life as a soldier, you know, that was very important to him. And then he moved him into a nursing career. So my husband is a nurse. And uh, so he's fighting for life there in that arena. Mm -hmm. And then he spent many years in hospital 
hospice care at the end of life, you know, and that was a ministry for him as well. So, and now my husband leads, he, he actually developed our medical clinic. And so um, there he has led, you know, much growth and he's very passionate about the heritage of God, the, the, the um, creation the image of God in the womb and how we have to fight and protect that, you know, from every level uh, and, and being a strong voice too in the governmental, um, the governmental reign, because we, we have so much evil and corruption going on there. And so he's very passionate about just trying to bring the kingdom to earth and all those different realms and speak in truth. It sounds like you'd be one that could speak so, I believe, forcefully into this topic that is out there today, you mentioned the stuff that's going on in the government with all of the states that are now talking about these the states where they are trying to basically put abortion into the state law, the state constitution. It's happening right in our own state of Florida, an attempt to get the, the, the language onto the ballot, which uh, that could well happen for 2024. It sounds like you're you would be very interested in that whole argument, right? I will tell you, I have spent a lot of time at our capital. Uh, I have given testimony many times. Uh, I was the president of the South Carolina Association of Pregnancy Care Centers for about three years, and um, and so I've I've really been in that arena, and I've I've had a voice, and I have I have fought hard. God began to speak to me. Um, there, there is so much spirit of, um, there's a lot of demonic force there in, in yeah. those arenas. And we're coming up against that. We have to continue to always use our voice. But Mike, I began to see God showed me more and more. I became so disappointed. And so, because I, in our state, I saw the opportunity to ban abortion. We had a trigger uh, bill in place that would, when, when Roe was overturned, that we could have, we could have banned it banned it in our state and we should have and it didn't happen and so i began to have some hard conversations with people why did we not allow it why did you come against this and god really began to speak to me Jeannie, you're going to make the most impact we always speak truth into that arena yes when given the chance but i began to see that my greatest impact was in the one-on-one -on -one conversations with people my greatest impact was reaching people in the community that was on the fence that didn't understand that it would you know would even compromise the idea of abortion mm -hmm. but also the one-on-one -on -one with women coming into our facility it is it was about it's about changing the heart because as we can change the hearts of individuals one-on-one -on -one, we can then ultimately change the culture and so I began to see that my greatest impact was there. You know, being in radio and TV back in the early years of my career before I went into full-time ministry, I used to, uh, it just was a question that would roll over in my mind about the timing of the Lord when he came as the son of God came into the earth 2000 plus years ago. Uh, I, I, I would wonder why, why then? And why not now at a time when we have mass communications, wouldn't it, and, and this is the way my mind was going to show you how silly it was, wouldn't it have been more powerful if the Lord would have come? I'm almost embarrassed to say it. <laughs> when there was television or when there was radio, and, and you know, he came when it was the right time and the most powerful time because those one-on-one, -on -one, those disciples were known as people who turned the world upside down. Yeah. 11 of the 12, I might add, turned the world upside down. 
And that is exactly what you're saying right now. You were, you are doing what is important by taking it to the heart one-on-one with people. Absolutely. Absolutely. That one-on-one experience is, is where I see that the power of the Lord is. And um, so, and then we're seeing it, we're seeing it happen all the time and the transformation, the life change. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. I'm really embarrassed now as I think about my silliness back in that day. (laughs) It was crazy, (laughs) but the Lord knows, and the Lord has patience on us, and he did on me, and even though I was crazy and still am to some degree, I do trust the Lord on all of these things, and I tell you, for those that are are wishing that things were different, I, I think it's safe to say that those that are pushing these things, those in governments that are pushing for this kind of codification of the law uh, in, into law to make abortion legal uh, through state law. Uh, we have to remember that God is on our side, that That's God right. is the one who's behind all of this. And all of these that are making these attempts, they, they act like they're doing it independent of any force at all, but they're actually up against the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And and that is what is so often forgotten in this kind of a battle. And it's clear that you didn't. And I'm so excited about it. In, in our next segment, I would, I want you to tell about uh, how you and your husband met and what the, what the goals are for the future. But for a moment, let's talk about your books. You've written a couple of books. One of them is called The Gift, and I know you wrote even one before that. Tell us about those. Well, uh, Shattered in the Beautiful was a book that really was just my raw testimony and uh, what God did in my life, my personal story. And so my heart behind that one was that, you know, women are, it's hard for women to talk about abortion. uh, And, you know, many of them may not stand up and say, yes, I've had one or, you know, um, even walk into a facility and ask for help. Uh, but what they would be willing to do is to pick up a book and read it in the privacy of their home. And so that was my heart behind Shattered in the Beautiful, that it would reach those women that were not able to talk about it and bring them some healing and some deliverance. And then the the Lord led me to write um, a book called If You Love Me, Obey Me. And it's really about just obedience in a love relationship with the Lord is coupled with my story of obedience and things that happened with Moses, which was one of the greatest leaders and examples that we have um, when it comes to obedience. And then I wrote a, um, a devotional, a 30 day devotional on Psalms 139, made in his image and um, shared some of my stories serving as a executive director for pregnancy center. And then came the gift and the gift is very special to me. Um, all of the books have great meaning. But the gift is very special because, uh, it, again, it was worked out of obedience. The Lord said, Jeannie, write a story, uh, um, a Bible study that can be used to help women heal. And so it kind of began, I do healing weekend uh, retreats. And so it kind of began there where I crafted this together um, to be used in a two-day encounter with Jesus for healing. And then God began to grow it more and more. And at the pregnancy center, we used to just focus on abortion recovery. Um, healing, and then God began to grow that. We had women come into us from all sorts of pains and backgrounds in their life, and so God began to grow our healing program, and now it's become a whole division, and so we're seeing women not just from uh, abortion, but miscarriage, uh, trauma, grief, 
um, childhood trauma, you know, sexual trauma, all sorts of things. And what God has taught me more and more is that, Jeannie, I'm the one that heals. He says he sent his word to save us from our destructions to some, some verse, uh, versions say to take, pull us out of the grave to rescue us. And so it's just his word that does that. So it doesn't matter what kind of pain and suffering we've had. There's one healer, one God, and one word that will heal us and sustain us. And so I just begin to apply those principles to whatever they had gone through in their life. And we just began to see healing and restoration. So God told me to grow the gift that I need to, needed to make it more broad. Oh, that and is so, so great. Yeah. And so I started writing the gift and it was just very, I just felt like, you know, people that would read it would say, gee, this is you know such a, an anointed little book. And all my books are little, but they got like a punch to them. And so really it was, you know, everything I've ever wrote, every I, I podcast as well. And everything that I do and speak from, is just out of a place of raw, you know, authentic, um, just a raw, authentic place in my own life. Mm. And, and so what you, what you hear is what you get and it's where I'm at. And so with the gift, I was going through such a, a season of time. And as I, things were you know transpiring in my life, I was just raw, writing out of this raw place. And as I wrote the gift, um, I lost two family members, two significant family members in my life. And in a three-year time period, I lost my dad, I lost my grandmother, and I lost my brother. And while I was writing the gift, when I first wrote the gift, I dedicated it to my dad because that was a very hard loss for me. And then while I was writing the gift, I lost my grandmother and my brother two months behind my grandmother unexpectedly. And so I had to pull the manuscript back. Um, two times, I believe, and it took a long time to get it done. But I knew that the Lord wanted me to, even out of that raw place of, uh, of acute grief, that I had to put those things in there um, because it was going to bring impact to those that read it. And so uh, that's where the gift is today. And um, I should also share with you that God gave me a vision for a healing retreat that was being birthed out of this book, The Gift. And we're actually hosting the very first one here in Myrtle Beach uh, on September 15th and 16th. And it's using the principles out of the book, The Gift, um, to bring healing and restoration to women that are hurting from all different sorts of things in their life. Well, let's pick that up in a moment. I'm up against a break. This is Afternoons with Mike, my guest, Jeannie Smith. I'll be right back. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Jeannie Scott Smith is my guest today, and we are just always so blessed to get to talk to people who have gone through just these kinds of deep things in their lives that God sets them free from, and Jeannie is one of those. Uh, She uh, has a story that has not only, it's proven now, not only to be her story, but her story is impacting other people's stories. And that's the way the Lord does it through us, friends. Uh, You may think that you're going through something that is just a complete waste, but it's not. It's going to be an investment not only in your life, but in those others who, who are going through the same hurt that you're going through. And Jeannie went through that, and God has brought her through to a point 
of not only healing in her own life, but a place. What a, what a great picture, a, a fountainhead of healing for people who have gone through similar things. And that's what you're doing, not only through your books, but you were mentioning this retreat. Go ahead and talk about that for a moment. Well, this retreat is just uh, birth. It's being birthed uh, from a vision that the Lord gave me of, of women just coming together, gathering. And and this first one, and I say the first one because I know that there's going to be more. Um, but this first one is is for women. But I, I I do believe there's going to be one for women and men as well. Co-ed, the sons and daughters of God rising up and receiving healing and restoration because that's what He wants for us. You know, He died on the cross that we would be saved and have eternal life. But He also died that we would be healed. And He says, "Bye." his stripes we are healed and we know our perfect healing and restoration is going to come when we enter into the heaven gates and then we're in eternity with him but there is still a lot of healing that can take place here on earth with us and bringing bringing heaven to earth is my heart when it comes to healing and understanding you know who jesus is and there's a lot of pain and suffering there's a lot of um people that are walking through just destruction and, and they're hopeless you know and they're full of shame and from different things that happen in their life maybe things that happen out of their own choices but also things that happened to them that had nothing to do with them it was none of it was by their hand but there's just so much pain and suffering and and my heart i'm just so passionate about healing and that everyone that's hurting like that and feels hopeless would come into the understanding of jesus's love for them and how much he wants to heal them and restore them. And so that the gift healing retreat is really birthed out of that place in my heart of come as you are, come as you are and, and have an encounter with Jesus. I, I really believe in this event, Jesus is going to show up. He, he spoke to me and said that it's just that he's, he's, he's going to move around that place like a, like a sweet perfume, and they were going to have encounters with him all uniquely, because when Jesus came to the woman at the well, he approached her in a way he knew exactly what to say to her, and, and what she needed was to live in water, and then she became a living testimony, and that is not just for her then, that is for all of us today, yes. and so I believe that he's going to come, There's, they're going to have an encounter with him, it's nothing any of us are doing, it's all about him and what he's doing, and they're going to be changed, they're going to be have a, you know, Jesus can come and we can be healed instantly, yes, he can do that, and then sometimes there's a healing process that has to take place, and so I believe this is going to be the initial part of that healing for these women. And then we're going to, you know, um, put some things in place for them to have some ongoing healing after they leave. But the Lord said that the healing was going to come in three ways. It was going to come through worship, prayer, and the word of God. So those three things are the foundation of this two-day retreat that we're doing. And we're holding it here in Myrtle Beach on the 15th and the 16th, and it's actually on the ocean. So um, really looking forward to what God's going to do there. And anybody can come to that, right? Any woman can uh, from anywhere, not just that area, it, right? It is It is open to anyone that wants to come. And it's absolutely free. It's God has provided everything that is needed for this uh, event. And the only thing is we're asking them to cover a material fee that's about $28 or so. But come on. other than that, yeah, it's absolutely free. What an amazing gift to 
not to make a pun not of your book, but you're giving a gift by that, by doing this to these people because of the fact that you're offering this personal testimony that is not just coming from the heart of a sincere person, but carrying with it a, an anointed story of God's grace. And that's the beautiful thing about God. He talks to us in his word and tells us to give freely as we have freely received. And that's exactly what you're doing, right? Yeah, I we, we prayed about that. And, you know, that's exactly it, is that there's gifts. He gives us free gifts all throughout Scripture. And, you know, he brought a gift to the woman at the well. It was the gift of the living water. And he, and he says it's a gift. And so the same with this encounter, this event, is that, you know, the gospel is free. The best things in life are free. Mm. And his word is free. And so we clearly heard the Lord say this is to be free, too. And, and, and my heart behind that, too, is I don't want anybody that needs it not to be able to come because of a hindrance of finances, because God owns it all, and he'll take care of it. He does. He's taking care of you. You and your husband are doing this work now. And you're, you, know, you mentioned you were both in the medical world. Uh, and, and, but you've also now been drawn into a theological world because you're helping people understand, these women understand, and men as well, through the work that uh, the, the clinic is doing. You're helping them understand the plan of God for their lives. And these are going to be important days for anyone involved in uh, pro-life work. It, it's, uh, as one of my good friends, John Stenberger said, it's not over Run when Roe v. Wade was overturned. The pro-life movement really just began, and I'm sure you found that to be the case, right? Absolutely. More, there will be more need. And it, we, we actually had our um, gala event right before uh, Roe, v, uh, Roe was overturned, and the Lord had spoke to me and said, I'm going to overturn. And I actually shared that at the gala, and it was just a little, maybe two months after that, uh, that it was overturned. And I knew, I spoke to the hearts of the people there that we had to prepare now because there was going to be so much need in the days ahead. This doesn't mean things are over and that they, we've won one battle. No, there's going to be many more battles, mm -hmm. and there's going to be so much comprehensive care that is needed and that we have to prepare for that now. And we are absolutely seeing so much. The Lord is bringing so much need to our doorsteps. What is the general mood of the population, be it government or otherwise, in your area toward your clinic? What is that like? Very supportive, very supportive. We we have not ran into any kind of uh, hardships, any kind of struggle, um, you know, no threats, anything like that. The um, community is very supportive of, of what we do. When you hear about these areas where that's not the case, what does that do to you? It breaks my heart. It, 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 it really breaks my heart that there is so much uh, hatred towards um, organizations that are just trying to love people well and meet their needs and be there to support them through very, very difficult times. And all of us at some point in our, in our life has had, you know, needed someone to come alongside of us and support us. And that's really what these pregnancy centers are trying to do. They're just trying to love well and be Jesus to a hurting world. You mentioned early in our interview that uh, you had wanted to be a mother and it looked like you were never going to be one. Tell us the story of what ended up happening in that area. Well, I had, uh, we went through about 10 years of infertility and uh, through that process, the Lord just began to speak to my heart and, um, 
and I knew that I was, you know, the infertility treatments was something that I didn't need to do anymore. And so I just said, Lord, you know, you, you are more than able to give me a child if you so desire. And so I'm just going to release this and trust you. And so we stopped with infertility treatments and uh, I just began to pray and release it to the Lord. And when we opened up the doors to the pregnancy center and, um, you know, maybe about eight months in a year in, mama started coming back in. And at, at that time, I was the only one doing the counseling. And so mamas were coming in and they were laying these babies in my arms. And I started to see these babies as like my spiritual babies. I started to have this um, place in my heart that was kind of empty uh, and a void there begin to get filled with the love for all these little babies. And someone told me, Jeannie, you're making impact on heaven and earth. There's a ripple effect happening. And so my heart began to be filled with so much love with these babies and the mamas. And so the God, I would say when we first got the first um, arm of the ministry stable and I was able to make the first hire that year, God had been speaking to my heart. Once you've done the will of the father, then you will receive the blessing. And I didn't know what that was. I was hoping it was a child, but I was open to whatever way the Lord wanted to bless me in regards to a child. And so, um, I found out that year, the same year God has was speaking to me out of the book of Hebrews that I was pregnant. And so I 100% believe that, God gave me my son Luke as a reward for obedience of leaving everything, abandoning all, coming here, starting the center, opening up the doors and ministering to the hurt and loss and the broken, saving us. Luke was my reward um, for that. It was a 10 year journey, but he is an amazing child very anointed and he's a he's a part he's a he's a byproduct of this beautiful life of just the love relationship with the lord um and obedience that's incredible what a wonderful story god is so faithful to give us our heart's desires and that doesn't mean we're not going to have those uh, difficult times you've encountered all of those and i love the way genie i love the way you share them and the way that you're so open and transparent because you are, uh, again, a, a person that provides hope for a lot of these people. This, uh, the name of your clinic, again, that you have there in South Carolina, it is called Coastline Women's Center. And you also go out, you mentioned this, you go out and do evangelistic work as well, speaking to women with a, with a real call of God on your life to share your story. So are you going to be going out beyond uh, this upcoming retreat? What's what's ahead for you in that? Well, I, I just, I believe that God is just going to open more doors there. And as he opens them, I will walk through them and be obedient. I, I just have made myself available to him. He knows my heart to be a voice that brings hope and truth. And uh, so he led me to start a podcast. And so we did that um, last year and God is using that in amazing ways. And so I, I'm not really sure what all is ahead, but I'm just willing to say yes and amen. To What's it. the name of the podcast? It's called Shattered into Beautiful. Shattered into Beautiful. And I'm sure it's available like on Spotify and things like that. All of your podcast platforms. Yes. All right. Jeannie Scott Smith, Shattered and Beautiful, uh, Shattered into Beautiful, right? That's correct. Shattered into Beautiful, the name of the podcast. It's also the book title. Uh, and then, of course, the book that you mentioned having recently written and that it uh, just carried so many of your emotions and changes because of some personal losses in your life is called The Gift. 
And you can get any of these books. All you have to do is just go to Amazon or whatever and look up Jeannie Scott Smith, and uh, you're going to find her. So, Jeannie, thank you so much for sharing your stories, and we wish you the very best. What What's your website that people can find out more about you? It's just my name, JeannieScottSmith.com. JeannieScottSmith.com. Well, I want to say thank you again for spending this hour with us here today, Jeannie. God bless you. And uh, we really pray for Coastline, that God will continue to open doors for you there in South Carolina. And friends, thank you as well for joining us. This is Afternoons with Mike right here on The Shepherd. Mm -hmm.